Welcome to Small Talks, where we have small talks about a big God. I'm Crystal. Let's talk. My parents would talk about how as a child I wanted to do everything myself. My dad told me that when I was learning to tie my shoes, I wouldn't want anyone to help me. My mom reminded me that I did not want to depend on anyone for money, so I sold candy at school so I can have my own income. As you can imagine, I did not grow out of this independent nature. It really manifested itself in my first year of marriage. I had been doing things for myself, thinking for myself. It kind of was second nature. But when I got married, my husband was standing there saying, hello, I can help you figure it out. I actually want to help you figure it out. You don't have to do it yourself. I think whether we want to admit it or not, we all have an independent nature about us. Let's face it, we want to be self-sufficient, independent people. Our society actually applauds those who fall in this category. But if we're not careful, we can find this self-sufficient, independent attitude being the basis of our relationship with God. See, we can try so desperately to live our lives according to the Word of God. You know, we'll try to never lie, never steal, or envy. Um, We'll try really hard to always love and forgive and have faith and so on. And we can find ourselves being exhausted by our efforts and frustrated by our failures. And I believe God is standing there, just like my husband was, saying, hello, I'm here to help. I actually want to help. You don't have to do it yourself. See, the Christian life is not a DIY project. It's not about you doing it yourself. It's never been about you doing it yourself. See, God knew that we were incapable of saving ourselves, so he did it for us by sending Jesus Christ to rescue us. Now check this out. God also knew that we would be incapable of completely following his law on our own, so he sent his Holy Spirit. We don't have to live this Christian life in our own strength. We have a helper. Let me tell you how this all came about. In the Old Testament, people were struggling to keep his law. So God said, you know what? I'm going to change things up. I'm going to do a new thing. My people will no longer relate to me in their own strength. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 to 27, he said, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God promised to place his spirit in us so that we can have the desire and ability to walk according to his word. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says these words to his disciples. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Isn't that an amazing gift? But what's even more amazing about this scripture is the context in which Jesus says it. Let's look at verse 15, the verse above the promise Jesus gives to his disciples. Verse 15, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, hey, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Can you imagine how discouraged they might have felt or the tension they felt when they heard Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments? They probably were thinking, yeah, I love Jesus, but I don't know if I can keep all of his commandments. Peter was probably thinking, Yeah, I love Jesus, but sometimes I get angry and I curse. Thomas and the other disciples were probably thinking, yeah, I love Jesus, but sometimes I doubt and don't always believe and have faith. 
And if we were to think about it, we too have our own list of sins and ways that we don't keep the commandments of God. But don't be discouraged, friends. Jesus has sent us a helper, someone to help us live out this Christian life. See, once you became a Christian, God placed his Holy Spirit in you. Ephesians 1.13 says, And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Holy Spirit is now living inside of you. Now look, just because the Holy Spirit lives in you, it doesn't mean he controls you. That's something you have to allow him to do. The Bible refers to this as being filled with the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians 5.18. To allow the Holy Spirit to fill and direct your life, you must simply confess your sins, get rid of the junk, agree with God that you have done wrong, and then surrender control of your life to Christ by asking him to fill you with his spirit. You'll begin to see evidence of being filled with his spirit. You'll begin to act and think more like Christ. Now asking God to fill you is something that we must do continuously. The enemy is always trying to feed our flesh and fill us up with trash. God has given us help and power through his Holy Spirit to live this Christian life. Remember, this Christian journey is not a DIY project. We can't do it ourselves. Would we acknowledge the Holy Spirit in our lives today and ask God to fill us each and every day so that we can live lives that are most pleasing to him? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. I pray that we will receive the help you've provided for us through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.